0: interestingly in in yoga philosophy as you go deeper the heart and mind are really just two ends of the same consciousness they're mm-hmm. more polarities of the same energy we have a mental aspect of consciousness and then there's the heart i would say is more like the feminine in a way mm-hmm. and just the pure essence love so you have in yoga gyan wisdom the aspect of enlightened mind and prema love divine love which is the awakened heart and really the bridge of those two
1: Welcome to Curious Ones Podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, the host of the podcast, a yoga and meditation teacher and philosophy lover. Each week you will hear eye-opening interviews with the different teachers of the Yandara Yoga Institute located in beautiful Baja, Mexico, along with other teachers that pass through here. This life-changing knowledge shared through authentic, heartfelt communication will help you live a happier, more fulfilled and connected life. Let's dive in. This is Saul David Ray with me. I'm so excited to have Saul here on the podcast. Saul is a teacher, healer, musician, and activist. He has been practicing and teaching for over 25 years and is known for his unique style of heart-centered healing yoga, breathwork, sacred, sacred music, and timeless wisdom. He has taught and chanted at many yoga centers and festivals and continues to share his work worldwide. His mantra music album, 10,000 Suns Music for Healing, Peace and Awakening, reached number three on the iTunes World Music Charts. So, welcome to the podcast, Saul.
0: Thank you so much. Happy to be here. What a beautiful location also. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) We have the view of the ocean. Uh Yeah, (laughs) Beautiful. So let's start kind of with your background and the way that you arrived to this spiritual world, because I kind uh-huh. of saw there is an interesting story there.
0: Yeah, well, I think everyone has an interesting yeah. story, probably. But, yeah. um, well, how far back do you want to go?
1: <laughs> how far as you feel? Okay.
0: Um, well, I think the you know the first time in my life where I really became aware of like I grew, I grew up in England and when I was a little kid I have a lot of remembrances I used to play in the forest and you know and it might sound a little strange but I definitely felt like I had contact with beings that were there and it was you know maybe the imagination who knows what it is but there was uh and I forgot about it for a long time I think and then when I started doing shamanic work I started remembering these experiences that i had when i was very young i don't know what to make of them really but it's almost like there was a presence or an energy that i feel we all are connected to in nature and that was uh, those experiences are still with me and then i came to america when i was about 7 i'll just kind of give you the highlights mm-hmm. um actually i was 8 and i had i was in new orleans and um I decided I wanted to go to church, but my parents didn't want to go. So they checked it out, found some churches that were safe, and arranged it. And I got to go, and I was very curious about God. Mm-hmm. And I found some churches were more celebratory than others, and but it was you know it was a good experience. And then had after that a pretty normal upbringing in California until I was about maybe fifteen or sixteen, sixteen. And into our living room, one day I came home and there was a a being standing there with a shaved head and big eyes and big ears and this very loving being who turned out to be a Buddhist monk.
1: In your house?
0: Yeah, well, he is. So my father had been in Sri Lanka some years before, kind of midlife trip to the monastery, you know. Mm -hmm. And he had befriended uh, this american buddhist monk named yoga vachara rahula who's still here he's he was my first still meeting with us on the earth plane and um you know it's hard to explain but it was like i i felt something from him that wasn't anywhere else you know really i would say now presence and compassion you know he was very present and so he began to teach me little things I was always more interested in spending time with him when I could so I started to learn some basic meditation and dharma teachings. And then when I was 23 I'd been in the music business and kind of burned out quickly it was very um not a healthy lifestyle really you know and I realized one day if I kept going I would some of my mentors in that I and not a judgment on them but I realized that life would just go by. Mm. And I thought, hmm. So I ended up, and for other reasons too, we closed the studio. And I went to a Buddhist monastery for about really two different times within a, a period for about a year, maybe a little more. And that was a time of really diving more deeply into yoga, um, more very classical Indian-style hatha yoga, Buddhist meditation, living in the forest. mm
1: mm-hmm. Where were these uh, monasteries?
0: This this was in um, it's a uh, just outside of Washington D.C. in West Virginia. It's called High View. That's the name. Mm-hmm. I haven't said that for a long time. High View, West Virginia. It's still there today. It's called Bhavana Society. I haven't been there in a long time, but it's a beautiful Buddhist community, and they offer meditation retreats. and And Rahula is very unique because he's also a yogic adept. He was very much a yogi. He combined the two paths in a way that. Is pretty unique because most Buddhist monks are not doing at least Theravadan tradition, not doing yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's an amazing person being. And um, then I you know I kind of went back to the music business and I had a I got this uh, strange tropical infection while I was on a music tour, and I got an abscess to my brain and oh, wow. I had. Brain surgery. I mean, it wasn't really brain surgery. It was more they had to open the head to take out this abscess. But I was paralyzed on one side for a little while, and through that, I started having these really kind of um, I don't know profound spiritual experiences. I don't really still know what to make of them, but I I feel like there was a presence that came in. I got to understand how fragile things are, but that experience redirected my life completely away from the music business. Mm at least for then. Yeah. And I went to India. I went, went to Thailand first, spent time studying there, Thailand. I went to India. And I was gone almost about two years that time. And I don't know. I don't. I didn't really think about teaching as a career.
2: Mm.
0: It wasn't a thought I had, like, oh, you know, and there were no really any teacher trainings back in those days. This was like, you know, the early 90s, late, yeah, early 90s, ni- 1990s. Mm. And um, it and it's funny because before I, I left on that trip, there I had a, a spiritual mentor, a wonderful lady who, who used to help me process things, and she's, yeah, did a lot of energy work and like that. And she said, this trip is going to change your life and take you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I didn't think too much about it. I was young. But it really did. It was, um, so I just came back and yoga was starting to happen in America. So I started doing that teaching because it was right there available. I enjoyed it. It was great. And then the music, you know, I I had left. That's been a slower journey back into that. But when I went to India and through the Indian devotional music, I realized what was missing for me, which was the sense of the divine. Mm. And, um that touched my heart in a way and i still had no intention of really going back into that world but just slowly being around the chanting and then coming back to the west and also the kirtan scene was starting to happen in, and in la so i worked with a, a a dear friend of mine dave stringer who's a wonderful kirtan leader musician and we started experimenting <laughs> you know with the kirtan and yoga together in classes i mean now it's fairly common back then I mean at least in LA there there wasn't really happening much and um, so it was a great way to experiment and over the years through my own chanting practice it drew me back into music and then all of a sudden playing festivals as well you know mm-hmm. and then finally after many years of that making an album which took over two years, but it was a lot of fun. Got to travel around and record like a mm-hmm. much like this setup, up, you know, recording friends in different places. So I got a lot of amazing musicians on it mm-hmm. and it was just, it was like um, there was no intention. I mean, like any art, you know, you're, you're not really intending to make money or, you know, there's no, it's really, you're just doing it for the love of doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a great process to, to do that. It was very healing, and that's why I gave it the title I did. Mm-hmm. And it was it did pretty well. I mean, there wasn't much promotion behind it because that's like a whole another thing. But yeah. but it did really well for the, the you know the time that we had, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still I still like it. I don't listen to it much, but I when I hear it, I, I, I like the music. It really like I feel it here.
1: That's beautiful. You I know. think that makes sense when you speak about making it not for any external reason not for getting fame or any feedback about it but just because it was an artistic need that came from your in like from inside and needed to be born into the world
2: yeah
0: yeah i mean to me that's art really it's like you know art is the the bridge between the soul and spirit and this world and to create meaning and beauty and you know and, and I think we all do that in our own way and we all have an artist in us. Yeah. I just you know I'd been singing these songs for so long as kirtans and working with different musicians. So the album going into that phase was it was really interesting you know taking 45 minute kirtans and then making them into song form and mm-hmm. but I worked I was very smart, worked with great musicians, including my one of my best friends Jim Beckwith, an mm-hmm. amazing musician and he and I co-produced it. And then at the end, you know, when we got too spread out, my friend Dave Stringer, we brought him on board and and were able to really whoosh, mm-hmm. pull it in. And Amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And I love how you kind of went through your own process with it, starting off in music when you were in your 20s and then going off and veering into a different direction, but then coming back to mm-hmm. it with intention and with authenticity and integrity
0: thank you (laughs) I try (laughs) um yeah it's kind of like a full circle Mm -hmm. and and then the next album i think it's coming soon um Mm -hmm. since the pandemic i just started writing a lot of songs more in english Mm -hmm. some have some sanskrit or you know other prayers or something in them but there's there were just certain things i wanted to say and share that we're not, you know, necessarily in a mantra form or, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, so that, that one, you know, so it's like, you know, it just continues, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. I think our artistic expression is also our, actually, I think our occupation is our artistic expression, if we're lucky. Yeah. And, um, evolving with that is like kind of how life, the meaning of life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean like we we imagine this world without art. Mm. You know, without without music, without yoga, without mm. beauty. I mean, if it was just about the basic mechanics and making money and yeah, you know. And so art and then art, you know, also plays such an important role, I think, in how do I say it? It's like in in the healing process because it's it's art that can really bring us back at a soul level at a Mm -hmm. deeper level to the beauty of life to the meaning of life when you know when we lose our way and in this time where we're you know heading perilously into you know we're at a very interesting time because our technology is so great our consciousness is not quite evolved Mm -hmm. And so the way that we're using a lot of the technologies is still for greed and profit and destruction of things. Mm-hmm. Not only, of course, thank goodness, but, right. but art and people being able to express that and move others and move the world. And so it becomes its own, I hate to use the word narrative, but Let's say an alternate story and expression to express ourselves and our healing and mm. like that. I mean for me, I'm just trying to share what I'm feeling like as deep as I can go and then try to put that into words and rhythm and music or even into the yoga class. I mean, to me, yoga is the same. It's just like an an expression of consciousness, you know. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Well, I found a really beautiful quote of yours that reminds me of what we're speaking of. So I'll read it and then we can just discuss it. Um, you said, yoga is the technology of awakening the heart.
0: Did I say that? You oh, did. Sounds like something I probably said. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you expand on that?
0: Sure. Um, I, you know, yoga touches every part of our being, right? I mean, there's there's asana for the body. There's mantras for the mind. There's meditation. But ultimately, the heart is such an interesting energetic space within human beings. And you can find that through many traditions, not just through the yoga tradition. But there's the idea that within the heart, consciousness is the essence. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, yoga ultimately is an ancient technology. It really is. It's these, you know, practices and techniques that were. Kind of come out of this process of awakening, of awakening consciousness. And ultimately that, that's to awaken the heart. And, you know, we could say the mind too, the, but so interestingly, in in yoga philosophy, as you go deeper, the heart and mind are really just two ends of the same consciousness. They're mm-hmm. more polarities of the same energy. We have a mental aspect of consciousness. And then there's the heart, I would say, is more like the feminine in a way. Mm -hmm. And just the pure essence, love. So you have in yoga, jnana, wisdom, the Mm -hmm. aspect of enlightened mind, and prema, love, divine love, which is the awakened heart, and really the bridge of those two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And people all over the world right now are, are doing yoga, different religions, different cultures. It's accessible because... That's part of its journey also and that's a beautiful thing that someone can go and not feel threatened or you know worried somehow and they can do the yoga and the technology is that we start to breathe and move and open our bodies our hearts and we connect into that deeper place in us. so whether you're like a, you're you're Jewish you're um, Christian you know, Hindu Muslim ultimately you can do yoga because it, it's not, sectarian in any way, right? Mm-hmm. it's No, it's just about getting in touch with your your essence, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm.
1: What you just said feels so true, just by how it resonates in in my body. Because you said you said it as in two sides of the same thing, right? The mind and the heart, the masculine and the feminine, and we know that life is really about balance, right? we finding the balance between these polarities. And it makes so much sense to me, what you said, that it's really not about denying the mind and trying to hide from it and running from the thoughts and running from everything that's going on there and just dwelling in the heart space because the mind is part of our existence, right? It's part of nature. Yes, right. So thinking about Definitely. it as finding the balance between them makes so much sense to me
0: yeah definitely and in you know yogic I would say uh, I hesitate to use the word psychology but in in yoga yogic philosophy, the mind has different aspects, so there's higher mind, there's consciousness, there's our discerning mind, the intellectual mind, but there's also our kind of reactive mind that we get into negative patterns in and become you know repeat those loops but mind. Is an aspect of our being. Like we, so we something that may be helpful for people is there are five main dimensions in yoga. I mean, there you know, depending on how you look at it, there could be more or less. But one map that's used are the koshas. Mm-hmm. So the so the physical layer of material energy is one layer. So we have body density, and you have pranic layer, which is kind of your your breath and the way that the vayu, the air prana moves through the body you have a mental emotional body you have a consciousness or intellectual body and then a, a bliss body which is mm-hmm. nice to know you have one Yeah, an ecstatic aspect of our being and then there's the kind of the it's like russian dolls you know like they're just layers mm-hmm. so like imagine five layers and then within in the center is this pure essence or atma which is like a they consider like divine spark Mm -hmm. you know we're all a little spark of god and every part of our energy is actually important because part of our expression the heart has special significance though as the place of essence in many cultures like your heart you know is your heart in it Um, and then mind because heart your feeling and your you know essence but also your mind is affected by your heart and your heart affected by your mind right so Mm -hmm. yeah it's like I like to think of it like a figure eight Mm -hmm. they're two parts of the same energy and and yes it's not just about only being in the heart I don't want to be in my mind you know (laughs) we have to develop clear thinking we have to be able to vision things and think Mm -hmm. clearly yeah um Yeah, and I'm, you know, I've been more heart-oriented probably most of my life. So for me, it's also, you know, working with the mind in a more linear way. And I'm not so great at linear, I'm better at the circle. So Mm -hmm. my work is often, you know, developing linear thought or, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. So would you say (laughs) your work is um, developing the sides that are not your natural skills or would you say that, I mean, I just think that it's really important to work with other people. So to focus on your strength and bring that into the world, but then know when to ask for help when, when there's something that's not your strong side.
0: Sure. Yeah. All of that. I think, I mean, it's growth is, learning what we don't know or stretching into the areas that are not developed. Mm-hmm. So we can always learn and grow and evolve. And I think evolutionarily that's very important. And also understanding that we don't do everything well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, or meaning, and some people are, of course, very good at many things. But it's to know your strengths also and to st- find a way to you know, bring forth what you enjoy or what you're good at in a way, especially mm-hmm. in communities. Yeah, so I think that's all important. And, um, you know, we're all here to learn and grow together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of contributions. I mean, that, that's a very important thing, I think, also in teaching children and and children learning is the uniqueness that we all have. We're not all yeah. the same. So when we create a standard that everyone has to be the same way and when they don't fit into that, that there's something wrong or something, you know, mm-hmm. not right. And certain cultures have understood that, that each child is unique, each being is unique, and you find ways to bring out their natural learning. And you, this mm-hmm. is the curious ones, right? Yep. So... You, you probably know, but um, the Latin, educare, I don't know if I mm. pronounced that right, I think so, but educare for education is to draw out, mm. draw out that curiosity. Mm. And my daughter went to a school for a little while that was child-directed, very interesting, and it was amazing. The kids were so excited because they got to choose within certain parameters what they learned. Oh, wow. And... Yeah, so it's really an amazing um, thing. Kids, are, we're naturally curious, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And and that's a that's a very good thing to mm-hmm. you know because then it then you want to learn more about it and grow and expand and yeah.
1: yeah, we're curious when we have the opportunity to be curious, not when we're because um, I feel like a lot of the systems, as you said, make us wrong if we're not good at what we're supposed to be good at or if we're not the same as the other people and that kind of takes out the will and the excitement of learning because you you kind of like it brings you down right you you feel like something is wrong with you when you're just different sure
0: yes the the value standards of the world i mean uh, quite obviously i think you know we look out at a lot of modern culture and it's not to take anything away from what's good but We're clearly out of balance, which is why Mm -hmm. things like yoga and healing traditions are so relevant in modern time and culture. These are ancient practices in many cases, or at least coming from ancient traditions. And they're like a lifeline. I mean, here at Yandara, right? People are coming from all over the world Mm -hmm. to learn yoga, to be in nature, to reconnect to something. Mm -hmm. And the world has valued certain things that are one aspect of life and we've made a big mess. Yeah. So so as we reconnect more with those deeper things that also are essential in life, then it, it helps us as human beings to make different choices, value things differently, where we even put our money or what we, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, we have a long way to go.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm quickly interrupting the episode to extend an invitation. If you are interested in deepening into any of the subjects we talk about on the podcast, we offer many different experiences on our beautiful grounds here in Baja, Mexico. From nine-day modules such as sound healing and yoga nidra, to breath and meditation, as well as two or three hundred hour yoga teacher trainings, and many different shorter retreats. Check out our website, yandara.com, to see all the information about the different experiences let's get back to the episode as we're talking now i don't know when this episode will come out but i i'm actually feeling very heavy right now there's been a lot of terror in israel um, and of course there's wars going on in many countries in the world not only in ukraine that everybody's talking about now of course um it's just Feels like, you know, as you said, so many yeah. things are going wrong and humanity is really focusing on just the wrong thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's there's, I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but in psychology and in neuroscience, like negative programming is very powerful. The media mm-hmm. is, I mean, you know, obviously in one way, it's good to know what's going on around the world but the focus on like there are every day there are millions of amazing things that are happening and then there are these certain things that are played over and over again and you know I, i'm not a big fan of i'm going to say mainstream media as, as in the sense that it has too many conflicts of interest it doesn't mean it's not telling the truth all the time it's my own opinion but it's clearly focused on a certain way of Programming and yeah. putting that much fear constantly, mm-hmm. but then you have these real things that are happening. Right. So how do we? Um, so what to do? Right, as a person, I think you can only absorb. Like I try to stay current with what's happening, but there's a point where it feels like there's a so, there's enough negativity and stress, and then I have to process it somehow. Mm-hmm. And what I found for myself is there's a balance in how to. So right, Gandhi said, you know, to, um, I forget what Gandhi said, but there's that be the that change. Thing. You be the change. Be. Thank you. I was thinking of yeah. another another <laughs> shamanic term, but yes, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Like mm-hmm. to become, when you see the pain and suffering, to become the healing, or to or in some way to add to what is good and to increase mm-hmm. that. And so we can each do that in our own way, and we can still be mindful of those things. We live in difficult times. We live where reality, there are really powerful lessons that we have to learn as a human. We've been talking about this a lot, actually, this week on the retreat. And mm. we can evolve beyond war and violence. Mm. That's part of our, I, be- I really believe that's part of our future and destiny as a species, but we're not there yet entertainment that so much violence for myself i don't like to watch any of those things because i don't want that in my field Mm. i want to try to do the practices i'm doing i want to we all have to heal our own life we have relationships we have pieces of the hoop of the the web that we can heal and I think it's also okay to feel heavy sometimes because as a feeling person, as a, somebody who cares about others, cares about the planet, you see what's happening sometimes. Mm. What I do is I, I try to write a song. I'll share one with you at mm. the end, if yeah. you like, I Just that was that came out of a prayer.
1: Beautiful.
0: And there's just ways to, we do what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... The, the good people of the world, which is in every country, every race, every religion, just the good hearts of the people. People want peace. Yeah. The game being played at higher levels. I'm not, I won't go into all of that, but, but yeah. there's obviously...
1: Interest.
0: Ga- yeah, there's, there's interests that are yeah. being served. There are those that benefit from war financially. Mm-hmm. There are games being played. And... There you know, John Lennon said, peace is here if you want it. Mm. We have to want it as much as we want our entertainment, as much as we want to go for a drink or have a nice meal or whatever. And I think that's coming. There are more and more. It's like the peace tribe, the shalom, salam, amen, shanti, like all over the world. People are doing these incredible gatherings, right? Here at Yandara and, and everywhere. Yeah. I just got chills. And yeah. it's like We just have to, in a way, figure out how to take it to the next step to exercise the power that the people have for peace. And I think even now with so much division in the COVID era, but all the other accompanying things and politics and this and that, the majority of people want to respect each other. They want to get along. They don't want to Mm. focus on division. And I really think that we keep finding ways to do that in the global brain, the neural pathways and heart pathways, mm-hmm. to keep coming together in a healing way, listen to each other, even when we're in conflict, yeah. and find the healing. Because we can't wait for the politicians to do it. Maybe there's a few that are trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or you know corporations, yeah. whatever. We have to take the lead. Be the change yeah. that we wish to see and just live it.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting the the polarity here because on one hand I agree with you that I don't enjoy watching the news I try to stay informed but I don't watch it regularly and then on the other hand I'm thinking but these crazy things are happening we need to talk about like nobody's talking about what's happening in Syria anymore and it's still at war like I don't know so many years yeah and nobody's talking about it and I feel like more needs to be done
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that there, as you say, I mean, Yemen, uh, Syria, Mm -hmm. Somalia. I mean, you know, the U.S. has no room to Mm -hmm. be, you know, (laughs) the U.S. has plenty, you know, a a lot of governments do. But it's like, yes, there are these conflicts all over the world that are justified in some way or another that who really loses the people, the people on the ground and, you know. So yes, I agree with you. My my heart hurts so much from, mm-hmm. I'm sure, probably everybody listening to this, like when we really drop into that feeling level, some, you know, what's happening in Israel, what's mm-hmm. happening in Palestine, what's happening in, I mean, all the places, yeah. the people who are just trying to live their lives caught yeah. up in these conflicts. and. I you know I, I believe more in, maybe more ca- the cause I believe in the most two things one is peace and the other is the return to Mother Earth and sense of consciousness and the feminine the integration of the feminine and masculine mm-hmm. there's so much intelligence and loving wisdom in nature and instead of being at war with nature yeah. extracting profit. Mm-hmm. It's about learning how to work with nature, which all of our sacred traditions around the earth understood. Mm-hmm. How to be in attunement with the living Gaia, the planet. Yeah,
1: take only as much as can be replenished. and
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Greed, so I have a little saying, greed is the rot at the root of the tree of life. It's one of the biggest distortions because the moment we're in greed, we take more than we need. And remember another thing Gandhi said is there's enough for everyone's need, mm. but not everyone's greed.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And that's and you know, I yeah. think most people do want to share, right? right?
1: Right. Beautiful thing. I think more people should share. We we tell our kids all the time, share with your friends that's and right. then the grown ups don't do it that's themselves. Right.
0: No, I agree, yeah.
1: I don't mean to make this a political conversation, of course. (laughs) Um, I brought this up in connection to what you said are the lower consciousness of mind bringing about these things, the greed and uh, the separation of ego. And maybe if we can talk a little bit about how we make this practical in terms of what people can actually do in their day to day life, because there's these big things that are happening in the world, but there's also the small conflicts like somebody coming to you, like arguments or people just um, being, I don't know if mean is the word, but how would you, or how do you in your life bring light to that, those situations?
0: Uh-huh. Well, it's an ongoing process, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's part of the, the journey is bumping up against things. And sometimes we don't always have the chance to explain or talk to someone. So there's the yeah. um, reactivity that comes in. Mm-hmm. And we're all, you know, I, I, what I've, I've spent many years doing healing work. I think we're all we all have pain. Everyone has pain inside them somewhere on their journey, but that's also part of this life Mm -hmm. is experiencing pain. Oh, sorry. And (laughs) and healing. So there's so to answer your question, like what can we do? Mm -hmm. Well, one is that you find some way of repairing, some way of working on yourself to be a better human being. Might be through Kabbalah, it might be Mm -hmm. through yoga, might you find your your path, your Mm your heart path, what yeah. speaks to your heart makes you feel alive and you follow it and then realizing that and then in those traditions there are tools, those tools we can start to use. At some moment we have to start taking responsibility. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean, you know, that even you can fix everything. I don't know. I haven't learned to fix everything yet. Mm-hmm. And but what we can do is we can keep trying, and we can keep working on ourselves. And when there is conflict, find a way to approach the other person or the situation in a way that we can bring healing and you you know vulnerability, you know honoring our part in things. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Honoring the other
0: parts. Honoring the other parts okay. and, you know, finding ways to communicate. And there's, you know, there's a lot of beautiful healing happening on the planet as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish they would put that on the news. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know, because there are so many incredible, I mean, the average person, you just see some amazing, you know, tradition or some healing work or people's experiences where they're really reconnecting their beingness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would inspire so many people. Mm-hmm. And more and more and more people are finding the path, more and more media is getting out there, wonderful teachers and teachings and like, yeah. we're, we'll get there, we're, yeah. we're going to get there.
1: Uh, what gives me hope is how I feel about what everything that is happening is that it's kind of like um, explosion that needs to happen so that things calm down after it, like kind of like a volcano or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean the calm, or the, well, that's the other way around. I was gonna say the calm before the storm.
1: After the storm. Yeah, yeah. So
0: like, like things have to reach a, a, a point to wake people up. Like enough intensity, enough events.
1: Yeah, we see that in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like usually yeah, the yeah, best right, exactly. healing comes after great suffering. You, you reach
0: the, you reach the, blow up point. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Or so hit the bottom.
1: <laughs> yeah in order to grow mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what has been one lesson one wound that has kept coming up for you and keeps you're like oh i thought i learned that already but oh, here it is again
0: Hmm. well you know personal relationships are always that i think those are the most intimate mirrors that we have and so you know learning how to grow and work within that for me honestly probably the biggest challenge has been being on the road being a yogi and having trying to have family life i have three Mm -hmm. amazing kids who i love more than anything in the universe and you know to keep that relationship has been hard so that's that's really my work and you know of course i always there are many ways to offer support so that's happening but yeah i I miss my my kids a lot Mm. like i don't get to spend the time with them that i would like when they were younger it was easier because there's not all the i could take them with me and they travel with me a lot they were around programs but um Yeah, I don't. You know, it's kind of as I've gotten older, I've just learned to let go of a lot of things. Um, but I'm always open to the opportunity to speak with someone, or you know, if there's some healing to be done, or and that's a lot of what this work is for me. It's just you know we kind of go into that vulnerable space and we relate and we're here. You know, the so the the macrocosm is the microcosm as well Mm. where we feel disconnected in ourself where there's imbalance we can heal we can work with that and in some way i do believe that ripples out and i you know i mean i think probably there are some enlightened beings like really you know like i I do believe that Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i think that Mostly the human condition is we're here to work through things. We're here to learn. It's like I call this the earth school. So we're in the earth school to learn many lessons. There are a lot of different lessons. I've seen very spiritual people who are hopeless and, you know, (laughs) a lot of other things like, you know, maybe family life or running a business or with money. Like they just don't do that. And then other people who are great at practical things. Who are terrified of meditation or something, you know? So we have different things to learn in this life. To me, the spiritual is valuable, but so is the material. Mm. So our families, relationships, friendships, work your work in the world, taking care of yourself, not yeah. just giving all the time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if the well runs dry, there's nothing left. So there's so many things we get to learn in the earth school.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we're just getting started, I yeah. think. it's
1: well, exciting. <laughs> it is.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: Beautiful. What has been an experience or a learning that you had that completely changed your perspective on life?
0: Well, there's been a lot of those, I think, probably, but th- there's one... So a cu- couple of things come up stronger than others. Um, there's a... In in the yoga tradition, there's a, a word in Sanskrit, ritam, mm-hmm. and that word and that philosophical concept totally put so many things together for me in in an internal way that it's changed my experience of time and space. So ritam is where we get the English word rhythm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: ritmo in Spanish. Um, Ritam would be like the cosmic rhythm, the pulse of evolution of, of the universe kind of breathing in and out and mm. like the sacred dance of polarities in a yeah, way. Yeah, the cycles. Evolving order, right. So, so Ritam is that there's, a, there's a, a movement of the whole breathing, like the universe is breathing in and breathing out. And when that wave hits the planet Earth, it becomes Ritus, which are the seasons of life. So the seasons, right, you have the four main seasons, Mm -hmm. and we think, well, big deal, but how many winters do you have in your life? How many falls, summers, springs? So if you look in your ancestral lines, you'll see sacred ceremonies and festivals and ways that they always honored the flow of life, the seasons, because these are important points. Mm -hmm. And that also ties into the moon cycle, to the equinox solstice cycle yeah. to the human breath rhythm. Mm. So there's this kind of one, like a, a a Sufi that I was with once said, there's one rhythm dancing through all of us.
2: Mm. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah.
0: And so that's why music is such an important thing for me and chanting and breathing and then being in natural places where you really start to feel the rhythm, the feel pulse. the rhythm, yeah. And mm-hmm. we come back to that in ourselves. So that's that's one. And I always try to, you know, share that in a retreat. And then we have our natural, each of us natural connection to the elements. Yeah.
1: You can't look at the ocean and not feel the rhythm. You know? Right. The yeah. Movement exactly. in and out. The it, There's just this of movement. If you're present. Movement.
0: If you're present, yeah. And of course, in a place like this, you are. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, exactly. The yeah. power, I mean, nature is our teacher. It's our home. It's our mother mother nature right mm-hmm. <laughs> and every day she gives enough food for over 7 billion beings enough mm-hmm. shelter enough beauty we just have to learn to share yeah. and the other teaching it would be is is the heart the human heart so there are a lot of teachings around that primarily for me bhakti yoga mm-hmm. the cultivation of the heart energy but you'll find this in traditions all over the world. And mm-hmm. the idea that the heart is really like our, it's where all the polarities resolve mm-hmm. and come into like left and right, male, female, above, below yeah. the heart field. And then the human heart is generating electromagnetic fields that are electrically like 10 times stronger than any other part of us, but wow. magnetically over 5,000. Wow. So collectively, the human heart generates, true to say, Mm -hmm. the human heart generates electromagnetic fields that are thousands of times stronger than any other part of us. Wow. We also now know that, and all this could change, it can be updated, but I think currently it's about 10 times as much information goes from the heart to the brain as the other way around. Oh, wow. So we used to think, you know. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it comes from the head to the heart.
0: Yes. Uh huh. I I think the heart, the human heart is is many energetic fields. It can close, can open, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a, a dimension of being that is so powerful. I recently just saw somebody did like photos of, like just bring someone in, take a photo, and then they say to them, "You're beautiful."
2: Mm. <laughs> okay, you <laughs> and.
0: Smile people of all right, races mm-hmm. colors you know sizes yeah. shapes and everyone completely just lights up because yeah. beauty is our essence yeah. it's in the heart whether we're black white yellow brown red blue mm-hmm. green mars earth venus yeah. wherever we come from beauty is the essence of creation
1: yeah i heard someone say it really beautifully that we experience love through beauty
0: wow that's true love yeah i yeah. love that that's great mm-hmm. I like that.
1: Beautiful. And the heart also has a rhythm.
0: It does. Shiva's drum. Mm -hmm. Another little drum in the Shiva statue. There's a little drum. That's the rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's the teaching of rhythm. But it's also in the human heartbeat, which is that.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, wonderful.
1: Yeah. And it also connects, for me, with what we were saying about this rhythm, the cycles of life, right?
0: All rhythms are connected some are more direct some maybe not so much but they're uh they're all connected and there's one big rhythm one symphony
1: you know Mm -hmm. so yoga meditation that's the way to connect with this rhythm
0: yeah there are many ways qigong tai chi music art Mm -hmm. um the emphasis on some kind of physical movement practice is really good like whatever you do that makes you feel alive you Mm know yeah I think the universe, like, this may sound strange for a yogi, but I think the universe doesn't really care what so much we do. It's more the feeling, the energetic,
2: yeah.
0: you know. The
1: intention. Yeah.
0: And and how just, you know, like you could do yoga and be miserable, you know, <laughs> yeah. judgmental of others in the room, you know what <laughs> I mean? Or you can, you, and then you could go for a run and just be like beaming mm-hmm. love and happiness to everyone you pass by. Yeah. So I think the universe responds more to the energetics of what we do. But within yoga and practices like yoga, you have the cultivation of the breath energy, prana, Mm -hmm. which is really, I mean, that's the heart of it all, right? Because everything is prana. So pranayama, the extension of the life force, cultivation of the body, keeping the nerves healthy, the body, the muscles, right, you know, and... So there's something about those type of systems that are very healing mm-hmm. and then a way to feed your art whatever yeah. your beauty you know
1: I love that more art definitely I
0: have a friend who's an accountant and you know spent his whole you know life doing that and he found his art in photography mm-hmm. and going to places like Death Valley or you know really kind of beautiful natural places and becoming one with the you know Moments. present with the experience yeah. the moment yeah. yeah capturing beauty right
1: mm-hmm. definitely i also heard somebody very interestingly speak about the fact that everybody can be an artist even being an accountant you can create art while being an accountant yes yeah I no, mean, no create, offense to accountants <laughs> create art i mean as an accountant like in the way that you do oh the yeah numbers. the way you do yeah, yeah. exactly
0: right um, we can be creative yeah in any field it's called creative accounting (laughs) Exactly. i don't know
1: know if that would be (laughs) recommended but but i i know what you mean (laughs) so would you where would you say that you are now in your life rhythm and your how you see your future your near future
0: i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) i really don't you know i I'm very I'm a very intuitive person and I, I do try to like most of my life I've found that I do it even when I'm not trying to do it. like it's just like being guided mm-hmm. and so it's very impractical actually at sometimes you know <laughs> especially with the world and having to make plans. Yeah. So it's not always easy in areas of life but I really do feel like I have to surrender more to Spirit. And what's coming through, and life goes better that way. The more that I'm yeah. trying to um, direct everything, not as much fun. Just letting the energy flow, letting spirit yeah. guide and lead. And, um, but I definitely I'm feeling a strong call with music right now. Like there's that, you know, sp- sharing through the musical frequencies. Yeah. I love being with others in community consciousness and creating and supporting people and breathing and opening themselves. I also like time in solitude. It's very important for me. Mm-hmm. You know, quiet time, time in nature. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I, I, usually when people ask me that question, I say, I'm just following the river, mm-hmm. you know? That's, I <laughs> that. yeah, I so I, that. I don't know where it'll take me. <laughs>
1: Wonderful. So, um, let's move on to the closing curiosity question. Okay. Um, even though I feel like I can speak for, with you for a long time more. <laughs> sure. um, what is something that you've changed your mind about?
0: Vegetarianism. Really? Yeah. I don't think everyone has to be a vegetarian in order to be a, a loving, peaceful being. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people may freak out when they hear that, but... <laughs> Um, that's just my honest answer. I mean, there's a lot of things I could say. I think what is essential is being conscious and, and in relationship with the planet. Yeah. But I'll tell you what has changed my mind. And I'm, you know, mostly vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian most of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not exclusively vegetarian now. Um, I don't eat meat meat, but I have a little, you know, fish or sometimes other things. But mm-hmm. but it's very little, very rare. Um but I've spent time with very sacred spiritual teachers who do, in their traditions, eat a little meat. And what I learned from those traditions is something we touched on earlier. They don't ever take more than they need. Mm. They do it in a sacred way. Mm-hmm. And I think, so whether it's vegetarianism or something else, people have a, sometimes a lot of hang-ups about the way we have to do things. So maybe sometimes people say, oh, they're not a vegetarian. They're not spiritual or they're not this or that. In my own experience, that's not necessarily true. Now I have friends that are vegan, only. I've been vegan myself at different times. I think it's beautiful. I think we should all do it in the way that feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, could the whole world be vegetarian? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, should the whole world be vegetarian? Probably not. Yeah. You know, the like regenerative farming. I have trouble saying that word. Shows a very different model for abundance that includes just the you know the right relationship with the earth and land Mm -hmm. and you know um but and i want to be clear just so people don't get the wrong idea the the modern factory farming and that is horrifying Mm -hmm. so i I don't ever try to support that Mm -hmm. in any way um I've just you know for my own health at different moments have been advised by certain people to you know add a little fish or Mm -hmm. this and that so i've listened and it you know works but naturally i like you know to be more vegetarian but Mm -hmm. i no longer have the judgment about it is what i want to say i love that yeah
1: what is something that you didn't think you could do and you did
0: make a living teaching yoga (laughs) (laughs) um Oh, well, that's one thing, um, make, make an album. Mm. Never really thought about doing it. And I thought, so it seems so far away. So now I'm on the second one and it seems the same. <laughs> like, oh my God, am I ever gonna make another one?
1: So how do you walk yourself through that?
0: To To make it happen?
1: Yeah. Something that seems like impossible to do. Yeah,
0: just start doing it, like yeah. in some way or form that is accessible. So music, for instance, for me, it's like just writing songs, playing music every day, singing. Mm bringing that energy into life and then feeling it or like for me it 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 has its own pull Mm -hmm. and it's going to take you somewhere yeah and keep focused yeah it's like right finding a way to do what you love do your art do what you're passionate about even if it's the extra 10 minutes you have every day Mm or you make time Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: and come back to why you're doing it right as we said before definitely beautiful yes what gives you hope
0: the good nature of people Mm -hmm. the goodness in the hearts of the people i i see i've been doing this for a lot of years and just seeing how people can naturally get over their stuff you know and just Mm -hmm. start relating with each other in a beautiful way a kind way and giving and and the healing of conflicts and and i think like what i said earlier i think most people on this planet are just good people they want peace they want a healthy sustainable planet that works for everyone they don't want to start again on mars (laughs) yes and take the same game over there yeah exactly you know like and so yeah it's really that yeah
1: beautiful and last question what are you curious about right now
2: hmm
0: Wow, that's a good one. Um, life. Mm-hmm. I just like I I'm I have Gemini rising. I'm like pretty much naturally curious about everything. Like, and that's a that's a handicap too because I feel like I've been had so many interests in life. But I, I love astrology. I'm always learning about astrology and mm-hmm. stars. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious about actually. Um, co-creating a community mm-hmm. i hadn't really thought about it that way and just being part of a community of land and and kind of bringing something into vision a place yeah thank you for that it's kind of helped me crystallize something and then really cool. working with the land and creating a healing space we much like what y'all have done here at yandara it's mm-hmm. very inspiring actually and the simplicity and the beauty here yeah so yeah
1: amazing that sounds exciting yeah I thank hope you to, to see it one day yeah
0: we'll see we'll see what spirit has in store yeah,
1: exactly where the river goes that's right where the river <laughs> flows to the sea yep mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful so is there anything else that is important for you to share
0: i think uh, you asked me to do a song so i'll just do it yeah. through that yeah i have a little song i wrote uh, recently so i'll do a little bit of that
1: beautiful so right. i'm yep. so excited before that i'll just say make sure to check out saul's album Ten Thousand 000 suns music for healing peace and awakening and where can people stay in touch with you
0: uh well i have a little tiny website it's kind of being re- redone but sauldavidray.com and if they want to listen to the music you can hear it on spotify or lot of places and and I want to just mention one song really quickly there's this song because it's on a different page it's just the way that distribution happened it's called the Nepal song and it's a song of my friend Jim Beckwith and I wrote about um, the earthquake in Nepal Mm -hmm. so we donated the proceeds from that to groups working with the Nepalese people and it's just about um, how through a great tragedy and this is really about the spirit of the nepali and tibetan people we went to nepal to record the song but it's about how that loving spirit of connection and people helping each other and even through that tragedy people chanting om mani peme and that's the mm-hmm. the month the chorus of the song om mani peme hung but it's just all about the english words are about the kind of uh, devastation that we go through the, this process but then the healing that comes out of it mm-hmm. So uh, it's called Nepal Song, May All Beings Be Free.
1: Beautiful. And you can come to Saul's next retreat here in December.
0: December Mm -hmm. 16th to 21st, winter solstice. We're going to celebrate here in Yandara.
1: Beautiful. Great. So it will be my honor to have you do the song. And thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
2: On my knees praying for peace down on my knees.
1: Now, after this time to nurture your mind and your spirit, we invite you to take a moment to consider others. A kind wish might come to mind. Know that what we learn becomes more valuable when we apply it and share it with others. So share this episode on Instagram stories, tag Yandara and I, or share with a loved one so that more people can benefit from it. Our hope is that the search will lead you home to who you already are, to what was always there. We'll be back next week with more inspiration, honest conversation, and insight into the energetic world around us. Thank you for listening and watching.